Welcome wherever you're tuning in from. My name is Greg McEwen, and this is the very first episode in the Greg McEwen podcast. I'm with you on this journey to learn how to negotiate when it matters, for what really matters. Have you ever felt frustrated because somebody won't let you do what you want to do? Have you ever avoided the problem because you're worried about the outcome? Well, here's the commitment today. I'm going to share a story. I'm going to share some things that I'm learning. I'm going to leave you with a very specific action that you can take right now to be able to better handle situations where you're faced with conflict, a difference of opinion, a difference of interest. They want X and you want Y. Okay, with that, let's get to it. This episode is sponsored by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. So whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person point-of-sale system, whenever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. So sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, which is your AI-powered all-star. In my experience with every business that I have built, including this podcast, there are breakthrough moments, and those moments are often the result of finding the right partner. And I think that's a way to think about Shopify, because no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greg, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greg now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greg. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's the thing I'm going to ask from you in this episode and as you go forward, and it's a bit different than the actual learning in the episode. What I want is for you to be a teacher of these ideas, to take on that role. So even as I'm sharing these ideas, I want you not so much to be in the role of a passive listener or even an engaged listener, but 
of a teacher yourself. My challenge to you, my invitation, is for you to share what you learned today within the next 24 to 48 hours with someone else. Maybe it's your team at work. Maybe it's your family at home. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your parent. Maybe it's a friend that you work out with. And you don't have to share everything, but if you'll take on the role of teacher, that orientation will itself transform your ability to learn. You'll absorb what we're talking about today much faster, much deeper, much clearer. So that's my invitation. I want you to teach these things that I'm about to share with you. We were in the happiest place on earth. You know where we were. But it wasn't exactly happy. It was the end of a long day, a rainy day, no less. And everyone was hungry. And we had just found a place to watch the huge, magnificent firework display that was about to start. You have to get there early, otherwise it gets so full, there's no room at all. And we'd found a pretty great spot, actually, just in front of Main Street right in front of the majestic Disney castle, the smell of popcorn and churros of just wafting through the air, emphasizing how hungry everybody is. And, uh, you know, you've got Mickey Mouse balloons and, of course, lots of tired children in every direction. And my mission was to go and get food for everyone and bring it back before the firework display began. We had about 20 minutes, so it's tough, but I thought a doable mission. So I went with my father-in-law to find the food. We ordered pretty simple food, hot dogs, drinks, simple, should be ready quickly, we thought. But there was a line to get the food. And then there was a line to pick up the food. By the time we picked up our trays of food just pouring over, we had ourselves an additional problem. The firework display hadn't started yet. However, while we'd been getting the food, thousands And thousands of people had crammed into the area where our family was waiting for us. So we knew approximately where our family was, but we could not make more than a few feet of progress. I'm a pretty determined person. I'm I'm willing to believe that the impossible can be done. But I am telling you, just people did not want to move for us. They were not interested in even stepping sort of one foot out of the way. We actually tried a few times. I'm serious. It was impossible. So we were pretty disappointed and ourselves hungry because we hadn't been eating through this time. And we just gave up trying. So we thought we would walk back to where we had bought the food, sit down at a table and just watch from there. And then afterwards, we'd bring everyone their food. No big deal. But by that time, we had another problem, sort of comedy of errors, because there was now nowhere to sit down. And I mean, literally every single table and every single seat was taken. And not only that, but every table was full of people's bags, their trays of food, trays of unfinished food. So there wasn't just nowhere to sit down. There was nowhere to put these trays that we were holding, completely packed in every direction. And so finally, pretty much out of exasperation, we just put our trays down on top of two rubbish bins that were there. Again, no big deal. However, it did turn out to be a big deal because no sooner, I mean, the very moment we put the food down, a security guard came over to us and said firmly, you, you cannot put your trays of food there. And I responded, not irately, where do you want us to put them? You can put them at any table, but you cannot put them there. And I start getting a little more 
frustrated. Look, there really is no table anywhere. We have walked up and down. He said, but you can't put them there. And I was, I recall, at least feeling irritated to the point of being willing to have the conflict. I said, just show me where to put them, exactly where to put them, and I will put them there. All right, now let's just take a moment. We had reached an impasse. I'm a little embarrassed to say it, but it felt familiar to me. I had been in that situation before. He is insisting. I am pushing back. Of course, the circumstances are different, but that tension, you know what I mean. He's pushing back on my pushing back. And this was about to enter a power struggle phase uh, where he had the upper hand. I mean, he could escalate this. And it would certainly be an unhappy moment in what is supposed to be the happy moment with my family. This trip had been canceled, by the way, multiple times. It was supposed to be a magical moment, right? And it's just all going pear-shaped. Then the security guard asked me, where is your family? So we pointed over to where our family was standing. We couldn't see them. You know, there's hundreds, thousands of people in the way. And I'm explaining, we would go and stand with them, but it's impossible. And then in that moment, the security guard, his name was Elder, said something that completely surprised me, took me off guard. He said, it's not impossible with me. There was the change. Instead of the power struggle I was expecting, instead of escalation, the guard walked in front of us, explaining what he was doing. He said, I will take you to your family. Those words really hit me in a symbolic way too. Suddenly, armed with him, every person stepped back without even questioning as he steps forward and we walked behind him. It felt like the parting of the Red Sea in some ways. It had truly seemed impossible to me. I did not see a way through. I had been stuck. Elder could have been fixated on my compliance in this situation. He could have dug his heels in. He could have insisted But instead, he looked for a third alternative, a third way. And his sudden change of perspective transformed the moment from one of frustration into a moment of magic. I mean, what else can you call it? The whole way we walked through that sea of people, his words rang in my ears, I will take you to your family. And he did. And the point of the story is this, that if you focus on positions, then you will often find yourself stuck. But if you focus on purpose, you will tend to find a third way. You will find a way where there seems to be no way. What about you? Let's go back to those questions. Have you ever been at odds with someone? Have you ever wanted X and they want Y? And the harder you push, the harder they push back. And the more unreasonable they seem, the more irate you feel. And then, of course, you become more unreasonable. Have you ever felt that frustration where somebody won't let you do what you want to do? It seems so sensible to you. I think that will be a familiar sensation for you. And maybe you cave in to what the other person wants. Maybe that's your norm. Maybe you don't fight, but you just rather avoid the conflict at any cost. Or maybe you're on the other side of it. Maybe you just get so worked up, so frustrated. You can become highly emotional. 
even volatile at moments because it's just so unreasonable. And then have you had this experience like with Elder? I have to admit it's a rarer experience for me where suddenly somebody completely switches the moment. They're a mediator in this moment. They find a third way, a different alternative. As part of his responsibility, he can't have these trays being put where we wanted to put them. That is a position. Let's assume that that really is a correct position and he's just following what he's been asked to do, paid to do. On our end, of course, we're stuck too. We want to put them there. That was the loggerhead. That's the power of positional thinking. Of course, for those familiar with it, the marvelous book by Roger Fisher and William Urey and Bruce Patton, Getting to Yes, delves into this problem, this tendency, especially as we get emotional, but it doesn't have to always be that, that we push for a certain position instead of looking past it, what I'm calling, you know, looking past to the purpose, to go from positions to finding the purpose behind those positions. They share an unbelievable example of the problem and cost of this positional type of thinking. Story about Russia and the United States. So here's the scenario. It's 1961, and there was a complete breakdown of the talks under President Kennedy for a comprehensive ban on nuclear testing. If that had been enacted, it might have headed off much of the superpower arms race that ensued over the next three decades. I just think of the expense of that 30-year journey. And in the midst of that breakdown, a critical question had arisen. How many on-site inspections per year should the Soviet Union and the United States permit to have within the other's territory to investigate any suspicious seismic events? Right? That's the question. How many on-site inspections per year? The Soviet Union finally agreed to three inspections. And the United States insisted on no less than 10. And that's when the talks broke down over positions. Despite the fact that no one understood whether an inspection would involve one person looking around for one day or a hundred people prying indiscriminately for a month. The parties had made little attempt to design an inspection procedure that would reconcile the United States' interest in verification with the desire of both companies for minimal intrusion. Think of that cost. And compare that to a success story. All right, now contrast that geopolitical breakdown with another that almost happened. Focusing on positions instead of purpose. Focusing on positions instead of the purpose behind those positions almost led to bloodshed in a dispute between farmers and the national oil company in Iraq after the fall of Saddam Hussein. The displaced farmers in the south of Iraq had banded together leased arable land from the government and used their last savings and borrowings to plant crops. But unfortunately, only a few months later, the farmers received a letter calling for them to vacate the land immediately in accord with the fine print of their lease because oil had been discovered under it. So the oil company says, just you've got to get off our land. And the farmers, of course, replied, it's our land and we're not leaving. 
the oil company threatened to call the police. The farmers said, well, there are more of us. So the national company threatened to bring in the army. We have guns too. We aren't leaving, they said. And why? Because we have nothing left to lose. As the troops gathered, bloodshed was averted only because at the last minute, an official who had been trained to think about the alternatives to this positional type thinking came in and said, how long will it be before you expect to produce oil on this land? Well, probably three years, they replied. Well, what do you plan to do on the land over the next few months? They said, well, just mapping, surveying of the underground layers. So he asked the farmers, what's the problem with leaving now as they've asked? They said, the harvest is in six weeks. It represents everything we own. So there it was. It hardly took a moment after that to come up with a new agreement. The farmers could plant the crops and they would not impede the oil company's preparatory activities. Indeed, the oil company hoped soon to hire many of the farmers as laborers for its construction activities and didn't object to the continued planting of crops between the oil derricks. And there you have it again. If you can get behind the position and withhold your judgment long enough to understand non-defensively, really openly, why somebody wants what they want, what they're really trying to achieve behind it, you might find that what seems like a completely take-it-or-leave-it situation actually has many, many creative solutions before you. So let me share one final story today that's really meta moment for me because the very existence of this new podcast was made possible by following what we're talking about in this first podcast episode. Without getting into all the details, the conversation between my team and the previous production team of the What's Essential podcast had come to an impasse. There were no bad feelings and there were no bad actors involved, but I couldn't help but get the sense that we were about to agree to terms that were neither ideal for me nor ideal for them. It would have amounted to me starting a brand new podcast on a new feed, starting from the beginning, step by painful step, trying to let everybody know about what was happening on the one side. And of course, what that would mean is that the first 100 episodes of the What's Essential podcast would then just stay stationed where they were. It seemed to me that everybody was losing, or at least that there were more productive ways to solve the situation. And I'm going to read to you, with permission, the email that I wrote in the midst of that almost impasse. In it is a magic question that I think that you and I can use either the exact words or something close to it when we find ourselves in a negotiation that may have reached a type of impasse. I'm not saying it will always work, but maybe it can. So let me just read it to you. It begins, dear. Well, we'll call him Ed because his name is Ed. <laughs> Thank you for being on this journey over the last couple of years. It's been an amazing adventure, and I am grateful for the experience and the ride. I have learned a lot and have made lots of connections I'd never have otherwise made. Thank you for allowing me to be part of the company family. 
I'm writing now because the process between our representatives has come to an impasse. As it stands, the show will come to an end at episode 100, and I'm comfortable with that because I'd rather have no deal than a deal that doesn't really work for me or really work for you. With that said, I've wondered whether the process we are using is limiting our ability to really understand each other and therefore to find creative solutions. Are you willing to have a phone call together to see if we can find a solution that is better than what either party wants right now? No compromises. Both sides have to really win. If there isn't, no problem. We go with no deal. My warmest, Greg. Now, let me tell you what happened. First of all, I felt some intrepidation. I wondered what the reaction would be. Behind all negotiations is an enormous amount of evolutionary emotion. We feel a threat, or maybe we feel vulnerable because we are putting out there what we want. And then, of course, we're dependent on someone else in many instances to achieve what we want. I didn't know what the reaction would be, but Ed responded warmly and immediately. He said, yes, if we can find a better solution, let's talk about it. But then even going into the conversation, I just wondered how it would actually go. I wondered whether it might feel defensive and, again, positional from me or from him. And it wasn't. He was open. I mean, he was really willing. And I began, I started the journey of just listening. I said, can you just talk to me about what you're trying to achieve? What matters to you? And I listened and I asked questions and I tried to understand what was behind the positions. And by the time I understood it, it made perfect sense. I I could even enthusiastically support what he was trying to achieve. I wanted to help him achieve what he was really trying to achieve. And then, let's say reasonably goodwill, he asked what I was really trying to achieve. What do I want? And I told him what I wanted. And he said, he said, oh, we can, we can have you build the new podcast right into this feed. It's no problem. That doesn't violate in any way what he wants. And it was true. And it was clearly true. And so we walked away, each of us having better than what we wanted going into the conversation. Both sides didn't just win. We definitely won bigger than if we hadn't had that conversation. And I put a lot of the credit down to this simple question. I'm going to read it again to you. Are you willing to have a phone call together to see if we can find a solution that is better than either party wants right now? No compromises. Both sides have to really win. Now, of course, you don't have to be limited to those precise words, but you can get the idea of it, what the commitment is. So let's just review what we've covered today so that you can go and teach this, share this with somebody else in order to be able to better handle situations where you want X and somebody else wants Y and you get in that sort of log ahead moment. Uh, We've covered the story in The Happiest Place on Earth and Elder and what he did about the situation. We've talked about what happens when you get stuck in positions rather than understanding the purpose behind those positions. We've given an example of it with Russia and the United States and how there's a breakdown in talks. We've talked about the farmers versus the oil company in Iraq and how they almost had a breakdown, but they didn't. And then finally, we've talked here about a specific example of what you can ask, of a question you can put to someone either in written form or 
just talking out openly in order to be able to break through the impasse and get to the purpose behind the positions so that you can come up with creative solutions together. And my invitation to you, of course, is to use these ideas yourself, use this question yourself. But the fastest way I think to be able to to start putting it into practice is to share these ideas with somebody else. As you do, you'll learn about it faster. You'll understand what your limits and your knowledge actually are, and you'll be able to increase, let's call it something like making the wisdom go viral in your own environment. That's what you want. You want lots of people thinking like this around you, lots of people on your team thinking in terms of looking beyond the positions and finding the purpose that's there. Now, I know that all we've done right now is covered a few stories and one practical thing that you can do about it, but it's a start. And just think of what can happen in your relationships with the people who matter most to you at work, at home, in all of your life. If you can become that kind of negotiator, if you can learn how to be like Elder, a peacemaker, I mean, think of the value in that. Think of how much enjoyment there is. And there was. I'll tell you, when we suddenly arrived, back with our family, with Elder together. He was beaming and he was so happy to meet every person. And they were so happy because suddenly there was, and I know it feels a bit much to say it, but a kind of symbolic reunification. They'd been phoning us. They were trying to help us to know where they were. All this food has suddenly arrived. We get to have the memory. And there's this friendly, marvelous employee who's helped to make it all happen. It was a touching moment of magic and Elder made it happen. I want to be more like Elder. And I want you to come on that journey with me. That to me is important. That, that is essential. Well, thank you so much for listening for the very first episode of the Greg McEwen podcast. It's an exciting moment. I hope you'll stay with me on the journey and bring lots of people together. We are going to make a difference in the world. This is a vision worth going after. And if you found value in this episode of this new podcast, then I hope that you will take a moment to write a review in Apple iTunes. And the first five people that do it will get a copy, a signed copy of Effortless. So just send a picture of your review to info at gregmcewen.com. That's I-N-F-O at G-R-E-G-M-C-K-E-O-W-N.com. If you haven't yet, please do sign up for the One Minute Wednesday newsletter. It's one minute, intentionally concise to be able to help reinforce all of these ideas that can help you to live a meaningful life. The best minute you're going to spend online in a week. That's the goal of that newsletter. So do sign up for that and come Join this community as we try to make a difference. Remember to be like Elder. Ask this question often of the people around you. Let's talk until we find a solution that is better than what either of us wants right now. I will see you next episode.
This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you wanna learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.